DEI budgets are under attack, but the goals haven't changed. Whether you're looking to increase your DEI knowledge, expand your market reach, or gain a competitive advantage in business, we have the solution. TDM Library is your single source for expert curated DEI resources, strategies, and solutions, all designed to help you transform your workplace culture and be a more effective contributor. For $9.99 per month, you get access to our searchable subscription-based digital library. There, you'll find articles, practical how-to guidebooks, podcasts, award-winning micro-videos, and more than 700 Q&As designed to help DEI practitioners, thought leaders, and executives create a more inclusive workplace. Whether you prefer to listen, watch, or read, we have the resources for you. TDM Library goes beyond the basics to dive deep into topics such as inclusive language, the business case for DEI, talent acquisition, and C-suite engagement. For less than the price of a sandwich, you get access to our library of more than a thousand pieces of original expert curated DEI content. Join today and get your first 30 days free. Get your library card now at tdmlibrary.thediversitymovement.com. You can't stop me, nothing's gonna stand in my way. You're listening to the High Octane Leadership Podcast with Donald Thompson. The world is shifting around you. None of us were trained for this changing environment. You need high octane leadership in an empathetic world before your business is swallowed alive. This podcast focuses on actionable, hands-on tools you can use to become a high octane leader today and grow strong leaders throughout your organization to survive tomorrow. Join me along with global C-suite leaders, rising stars, ambitious entrepreneurs, and other leaders from across industries as we dissect, interrogate, and redefine high-octane leadership in an empathetic world. This podcast is your home for uncovering the tools, lessons, and strategies you need to push your leadership to the next level. I have today Larry Long Jr., a good friend of mine, and quite frankly, to be as honest as I can, somebody not only that I'm cheering for, but that I'm a big fan of. And I don't read a lot. We're going to talk about his book. We're going to talk about his entry into full-time speaking and consulting. Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, DT. I'm happy to be here, Donald. This means so much. Hey, man, I am excited. Now, before we get started, we both have on golf shirts. You play a lot of golf. I look like I play a lot of golf. (laughs) So you said you're Tiger Woods' cousin. Yeah, I'm his long-lost cousin. They call me Larry Hit It in the Woods. <laughs> hey, close enough. I, I find a way to go to the beach. I go to the woods when I play golf. It's an adventure and most often a misadventure, but I love the sport. <laughs> that is great. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you, just from jump, the energy that you bring to the table, to the conversation, to the work that you do, it is contagious. And so one of the things I want to do is want to slow it down just a little bit. We hadn't talked in this format for about two years. And you were just on the cusp of some things a couple of years ago. Why don't you talk a little bit about kind of what led you to take that faith step and really push out on your own and go for it? Build that Larry Long Jr. brand, write that book, and really put those dreams into actually decisions and doing it. Well, well, Donald, you don't know this, but our breakfast meeting at Brugger's Bagel, that assisted me. Your, your support, your guidance— 
I take notes and I review my notes. And there was a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Can I do this? Am I bright enough? I already had a failed business, so there was that scar tissue. Don't do it, Larry. I, I pity the fool. I know <laughs> I ain't the brightest brother in the world, but don't do it. You got a family. But a sense of your encouragement as well as my team, people cheering me on, Hercules, Hercules, <laughs> Larry, go on out there and do it. Because I knew I needed to be out there using my voice to inspire people, to touch people, to motivate people. And there, there's a saying, you can't be what you can't see. And mm. that's why I appreciate you because mm. I saw you up there. It was at the Hunt, at the Hunt Library. Yeah. You were on the main stage and you said, anyone who wants access, anyone that I can assist, reach out to me. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next month, but I guarantee you, I'll meet with you. I raised my hand and I took you up on that offer. That's awesome. And you came through. So just this journey of, I want to be a full-time speaker. That's what I want to do. Gotcha. But being scared of doing that because I left a, a full-time paycheck. That's right. And a full-time monthly commission check and a full-time quarterly bonus. And I said, I got a family to feed. My mom said, you got to pray harder. Mother knows best. <laughs> I was praying March 26, got that conversation. Hey, Larry, we eliminated your position. Thank you. That was the answer that I needed right there. I, I was, I was kind of like double dutch. I was going in and out. I'm, yep. I'm going to leave. I'm going to jump out on my own. But I was scared. I was just brutally scared of what's on the other side. That's right. I've done it before unsuccessfully. I don't want to put my family through that. I got two kids. I got a wife to feed. I like to golf. I, I like to live a certain way. Yep. But God's plan for me is to be out there doing what I'm doing, which every day I get to talk. I get to share. I get to impact people for the positive. And that's how I make a living. I was so concerned about the financial side of it. Knock on wood. I've been blessed beyond belief. That is powerful. And I think it's really important for our audience to hear and understand that those of us that are doing things in the marketplace, that are pushing forward and making things happen, that we deal with fear, uncertainty, and doubt. The only difference, and it's a big difference, is we do it anyway. That's right. And give ourselves space, give ourselves grace to continue to learn and grow while we're doing it. And one of the things that we talked about a while ago was the writing of a book. And so you were gracious enough. I've got my signed copy in front of me, Right. <laughs> And you finished that book. So before we get into the details of the book, I want to ask you, what was that process like? Now, I think it's a first-time author, yes. right, of taking your thoughts, your experience as a sales professional, and now putting it in a package, right, for the world to use and grow with. Who, who would have thunk it? If you could have told my English teachers, they would say, where's Aston Kutcher? Am I getting punked? No one would have imagined. <laughs> and, and even I wouldn't have imagined Larry Long Jr. author. But it's amazing when you have a team. When you raise your hand and ask for help. Yep. So I had a book consultant that assisted me. I had a self-publishing consultant. I had a graphic designer. I had a whole team that was supporting me. And there were times, Donald, where I was ready to tap out. I was ready to give up. Yep. But I've got a wife that supports me. I've got kids that support me. My mom, my coach, Kristen Fraid, who's amazing, supporting me and getting me back to my why. Why did I write this book? Well, I've got a story to tell. I've got a, a few stories to tell, and there's people to impact. And just like you served as an example for me to see, there's other little Larry Long Juniors out there who can't be what they can't see. That's right. So it's my responsibility to make sure that I, I, I overcome those mental hurdles. Chapter one, I know we're going to get into it. No, go ahead. What, this what, is what your story, space. What story are you telling yourself and believing? 
that was therapy for me mm. because my coach made an observation. She said, Larry, you're so positive. You're so uplifting with everyone else. But when you turn to that person in the mirror, uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. You talk more junk to yourself than you would ever talk to anyone else. That's right. Than you would ever let anyone talk to you, and it's holding you back. I know you want, want to be exceptional. I know you're a high achiever. Everyone is. But you are holding yourself back. And she was right. I had to flip the script and change the narrative of the story that I'm telling myself instead of I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Who am I to write a book? I had to step into my greatness and understand that I was made for this. That's right. This is my responsibility. And for anyone that's listening, please know you've got greatness inside of you. That voice inside of your head, that story that might be telling a negative story, don't believe the hype in the words of the great public enemy. <laughs> don't believe the hype. That's fake news. Let's step into your greatness. Let's find your greatness. It ain't going to be easy. It's going to be work. It's going to be hard work. And there were some tears that were shed. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not bashful. I'm not shameful. It is what it is. It was tough. But I can tell you it's been so rewarding to hear the lives that I'm able to touch through the words within the book. Uh, that's powerful. You mentioned two things I want to expand on. One, if we want to get better at golf, we'll hire a golf coach. That's right. If we want our kids to get better at hitting a baseball or a softball, we'll get them a swing coach. We'll pay for our kids to get a piano coach or a vocal coach if we think they're going to be the next Whitney Houston. Why did you decide, and why do you think others, when they're thinking about career development, you have a personal executive coach, a leadership coach. Talk to me a little bit about that decision and the benefits for you as an individual that that's played. Benefits are off the chart. But I went through a battle, Donald. I knew that I needed a coach. But I also had my wife saying, you're going to pay how much for what? I can do that. I said, well, baby, I love you, <laughs> but I ain't going to listen to you. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> but it's been the, the wisest and best investment I've made in myself, in my business, in my family life. It's been amazing for the accountability, for the different perspective, for the encouragement, strong encouragement That's right. to not set the bar low. Larry, what are you doing? You can do this by yourself with me. Let's get here. The things that I'm doing are thrilling. Right now, on the outset, I'm planning a children's book with my two kids and my wife. Who would have thunk it? First of all, who? what author says thunk it to begin with? I mean, <laughs> we're, we're talking about developing a streaming series. Come on, Cletus. Never would have imagined that. So just my mindset, just my my dreams are big and they're getting bigger and even bigger thanks to my coach. Anything is possible. That is powerful. I think I'll, I'll interrupt you just for a second and then I want to let you let you continue because you said something really, really powerful in terms of expanding your level of thinking. And one of the things that I've struggled with and I'm still working on is dreaming too small. See, the larger that you set that goal the more difficult it is to leave it undone. Because not only do you start to see yourself in bigger and better places, but you start to realize the impact you're supposed to have on others. And then you also mentioned when you were talking, you mentioned responsibility. And that's one of the things that has really helped me grow as a leader and continue to grow is I behave differently when I'm thinking about my responsibility to other people that I'm leading. So talk to me a little bit about as you kind of grow and continue to learn that give back responsibility that helps drive us. 
There, there's a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm going to paraphrase. I don't know if I hit it exactly. But he shares life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing to help out others? I ask myself that question every day, Donald. Larry, what are you going to do today to have a positive impact on just one other person? And at the end of the day, if I can answer that, that's a life fulfilled right there. So it is my responsibility. Just like my father sacrificed, it was his responsibility to show me and provide for me a better way. It's my responsibility for my family, for my children, for my community. And I take that seriously. And it's amazing (laughs) There's something called SMART goals, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you a hot take. I think SMART goals are dumb. (laughs) Let's talk to it. I do. Talk to it. (laughs) I like specific, check. I like measurable, yes, check. And I like time-bound, check. Attainable and realistic, what you talking about, Willis? Nah, we ain't ain't doing attainable. Yeah, let's stretch that. And we ain't doing realistic because what happens is the human mind, and I'm guilty as charged, the human mind says this is attainable when really that's attainable. We don't even imagine it, but when we say, when we set the goals high and we shoot for the moon, even if we miss, we're amongst the stars, but it's amazing how the human spirit, the the human mind, body, soul, and spirit, when you set a goal and you're focused on it and you're committed to it and you have accountability partners and you take action, it's amazing what can be done. I set a goal last June with my coach to play golf in 20 different states. I didn't, my original goal was 10 because I knew I could hit it. She said, if your goal is 10, go work with someone else. You're you're wasting your money working with me. And she said that for my revenue goals, for my impact goals, for all my goals. She said, if your goals aren't more thrilling, you're wasting your money working with me. Go work with someone else. I said that goal at 20, December 31st, Jacksonville, Florida, state number 20. My son and I teed it up getting our Larry and Larry Long the third heated in the woods (laughs) on It's unbelievable when you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. And I truly, not only do I believe it, I'm living it right now. I'm practicing what I'm preaching. And does that mean you're going to have success in everything? Heck to the no. But are you going to learn from those unsuccessful attempts? So many times failure is frowned upon. In school, you got to be perfect or you're a failure. No, you talked about give yourself the space. Give yourself the grace, give yourself the mercy to learn from those unsuccessful attempts and then go ahead and get better the next time and share those learnings with someone else. It's so powerful. The the thing that I've learned and you hit on, I'm just going to expand upon it, is a winning secret, a cheat code, if you will, is I'm going to fail faster and learn faster while you're still deciding to do the first thing. And so therefore you cannot hang with me because my learning cycles are faster. And so once you get comfortable with doing something poorly while you learn, then you're never afraid to learn something new. Most people limit their greatness because of their status of what they're doing today and how they'll look when they're doing something new and uncomfortable versus thinking about how awesome it will be when they master that new task, that new business, that new effort. And by being an outcome thinker, it has helped me focus on the end result of what I want. And if what I want is big enough, then I'll endure what I need to to get to it. And that's something that I've had to kind of trick myself to push through the the, the difficulty. Let's take a quick break. As a black professional, I faced many challenges inherent to contemporary America. I had to fight to secure my place and fulfill my dreams. Underestimated 
a CEO's unlikely path to success is my story. Whether you are a young person of color, a rising leader in your organization, or someone who may feel a little bit lost, there is a path forward that is built on grit, determination, perseverance, and drive. I've dedicated my career to developing my leadership skills and then coaching others towards success. In Underestimated, you can follow my unique path, uncovering business and life lessons that can help anyone realize their dreams. You can order Underestimated wherever books are sold and find more information at donaldthompson.com. Now, back to the show. So I want to dig into a specific component of the book and where we, you talk about sales. And you talk about that distinct difference between, I think it was like, uh, you know, car salesman Carla or car salesman Carl. <laughs> Carla, Carl. <laughs> but I, I read, I was like, I got to remember this. I said, okay. Because there is this connotation when people talk about, about sales, that negative connotation. But you talk about sales in terms of the transfer of energy and being a matchmaker. Talk to me a little bit about those things and, and how the book explains it. It's all about your perspective. And uh, if there, there's a quote by Henry Ford, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. If you believe sales is naughty, sales is going to be naughty. If you believe sales is slimy, it's kind of like the uh, mall kiosk where they try to square you with lotion. It's like, nah, I moisturize. I'm not ashy Larry, at least not today. If you caught me <laughs> over the weekend, I had some ashy elbows, some ashy knuckles. But sales is really, it's twofold. And there's no wrong definition, but just my definition is, number one, it's a transfer of energy. And you don't have to have energy like me. I mean, in the words of the great philosopher, J.J. Walker, dynamite! <laughs> you don't have to have that kind of energy, but you better have some sort of juice. That's right. You better have some sort of gumption because people can smell BS from a mile away. They can tell if you don't believe in your solution, how am I going to believe in your solution? Number two, it's kind of like Patty Stanger, the million-dollar matchmaker. We're matching what we have, a product, a service, a thought, an idea with someone else's needs, their wants, their desires, their challenges, their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations. And if we can play matchmaker, we're selling. Everyone is selling. If you think about it, I'm selling every morning at 630 to my kids. Get your little behinds up. It's time to go to school. You go to an interview, you're selling. That's right. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to serve, to be able to help, to be able to ask the questions and then shh, listen. When you listen, and we've been blessed with two ears and one mouth, when you listen, you can learn so much. And especially when you listen to understand That's right. versus kind of like double Dutch where you're listening to jump on in. It's like, no, you didn't hear anything I said. I went to the... It, it wasn't the used car lot, but this was back when my wife was pregnant and we were looking at minivans. I said, I got a reputation on these mean streets. So we were looking at the Benza, but essentially the gentleman asked the questions. He found out that I wanted room in the trunk for the pack and play with the baby and my golf clubs. <laughs> right. So so for him saying getting into a sports car, no, that's not, that's a mismatch. No. So I, I really believe that sales and our ability to sell effectively and manage those relationships is a key to having success in life. That is powerful. One of the things I've seen, Larry, is people think sales from a transactional standpoint, right? You're buying and selling a product. There's another aspect of sales that I try to encourage people to understand is how to sell your ideas inside your organization. Because no one wants to buy something that they don't see the personal benefit, so it's really the same. 
And so a lot of times when you go into your leader's office and you're doing a presentation, you're talking about why you believe versus the benefit of why they should believe, why they should participate, why they should invest in your idea that you want to pursue for the company. And I was talking to a a young leader earlier today, and they were going to have a meeting with their CEO. And I said, listen, CEOs love passion, but they make decisions on economics. So let that leader know what you're excited about the economic business value and how this solution that you're offering will do one, two, or three things. Make them money, save them money, or reduce their risk. And if you check those boxes, you don't have to be the most eloquent. You don't have to be the most fiery speaker because that CEO will give you the energy and the approval because all CEOs and leaders that are greenlighting things want to make more money, they want to save money on their expenses, and they want to reduce their risk for doing in business. And so some of these concepts in Joel work inside a business as well for people that might not have a sales number or be in sales per se but they have ideas that they're trying to move through an organization. What are some of your thoughts on kind of the internal working with teammates and managers and other leaders to kind of sell and promote and grow ideas? Well, you mentioned my favorite radio station. I don't know if people still listen to the FM dial, but WIIFM, that's my favorite station. And if you're not tuned into it, what's in it for me? That's right. You've got to have the perspective of what's in it for that other person, whether it's an idea internal or external, but it's absolutely critical to look at it from that lens, to show people that you care, to show people that you've done your due diligence and your research. Have you actually taken the time to think through how this is going to help us make money, as you talked about? Show me the money, save us money, and reduce that risk. If you just come in, and uh, I don't know if Alan Iverson is tuning in, but yeah, we're talking about practice. If you haven't (laughs) practiced and thought through how this conversation is going to go and what that outcome is going to be, you're kind of just you're floating in the wind. Uh Uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. We don't want no problems. Go ahead and get yourself prepared. Get yourself ready so that you can present properly and show the value to that other person, the stakeholder or stakeholders. Yep. I'm going to zoom out. We talked about your book and some of the powerful successes that you're having and things you're pushing through. We've got a world that's a little upside down these days, right? We got gun violence. We were coming out of a pandemic. We've got racial equity discussions. We've got a crazy political system to where literally I can say sky is blue and 50% of people will disagree with me depending on my politics. What would you and what do you do to keep that positive mindset in kind of the sea of uncertainty that we're all kind of trying to navigate through? That's a tough one, Donald. And uh, my book talks about the intentionality. Uh, There's a chapter that says, in a nutshell, you are what you eat which will make me a fried chicken because <laughs> what time is it? It's bow time, but you are what you consume. And that's books. What are you watching on TV? Who are you surrounding yourself with? That's right. So I'm very intentional with what goes in through my ears, what that's goes true. in through my eyes, who, who, who's in my aura, what, what environment I in, am I in because it has an impact on me. So if I want positive, I make sure I surround myself with positive books, positive videos on YouTube. If I'm around negative Nancy's, negative Nellie's, negative Ned's, my apologies if that's your name, <laughs> but chances are I'm going to be negative and ain't nobody got time for that. Life is too short. Now, you mentioned it. There's some serious stuff going on. So I watch a little bit of the news sure. enough to know what's going on so I'm not in the dark, but it's my choice 
and I control what I let in. So I'm just very careful. And I had this, this conversation with a gentleman, uh, with a good friend of mine, and uh, he said some of the toughest things is to audit and to prune family members, longtime friends that are bringing you down and putting you in a bad place versus lifting you up. So I encourage people to do a true audit and look at, I think Jim Rohn said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Who are you spending the most time with? That is powerful. I want to I want to expand on that. I was invited to uh, hear the CEO of Meta, Cheryl uh, Sandberg, uh, speak, and it was an event put on by the North Carolina Chamber of Commerce. Gary Salamito and, and his team did an amazing job, and so I got this ticket. And most people wouldn't know or believe I'm a superstar introvert, and so I gain energy reading. I've enjoyed your book, spending time uh, by myself, and I by role and by goal, I'm out in the public. Right. And so I have this invitation and I'm thinking of 18 different reasons why I can't go. I'm too busy. I don't feel like it. I don't want to like just all kinds of different reasons. And my wife was like, but what's your responsibility? One, you want to support Gary's event. Number two, you want to see what Meta is up to in terms of their in innovation. Right. Number three, you need to always be networking for what the diversity movement's up to. And I was like, okay, you have me at responsibility. Right. I got it. Right. So I go to this event and the thing that was most powerful to me, was seeing the small businesses that were being highlighted, the leaders at 321 Coffee, the leaders of other entrepreneurial ventures, right, that were getting some recognition. The other thing is I met some wonderful connections that'll help my other businesses. The third thing I got to support the North Carolina Chamber and cheer for what we're doing in North Carolina to grow business. The point I'm bringing is in that 100 or so people that were in that room, it was counter to the narrative that's on TV. It was folks working together. It was people that were cheering for each other. It was folks that were doing networking and business and seeing how they could help. It was a very diverse crowd. The thing I would say to our audience when we talk about the issues of the world is don't let that negative narrative blind you to the fact that there are many of us that want to find ways that we agree, ways that we can expand, ways that we can grow together. And so that event while it was about some things in terms of digital marketing and different things, to me, what it spoke to me was about how cool what we're doing in North Carolina to grow business and how unified we are if we focus on things that we can expand together versus things we pull apart. I love it. I love it. Love to hear that. And oh, my goodness. That's what we need more of. That's right. And that's where my book came. My <clears throat> book came from the Midweek Midday Motivational Minute. I love those. Yeah. And, and that came, I'll be honest with you, at the beginning of the pandemic, a good buddy of mine, I consider him a mentor, Morgan Ingram in Atlanta, said, Larry, you got to get on video. I said, nah, Morgan. He said, I see you doing a little short form post on LinkedIn. That's good, but you got to be great and you got to get your shine on. I said, I got the face for radio. I said, people are going to laugh at me. He said, they're already laughing at you, dog. I, I hate to break it to you. You got to get on video. I said, nah. He said, I'm going to tell you like what my mentor told me. If you don't do it, you're being selfish because it's about you. And I'm, I hate to break it to you, Larry, it's not about you. If you can impact one person That's for right. the positive by doing it, you got to do it. That was on a Friday. That following Wednesday, I was in my back porch. It was at the start of the pandemic. I turned on my, uh, my iPhone, put it on selfie video, and I recorded my first. At the time, I called it the midday, midweek motivational minute. I took about 14 takes. <laughs> my wife came in because she was sitting with my daughter doing the online learning, the, the learn from home. She said, baby, I love you, 
But you keep saying the same daggone thing. It ain't changing. It ain't getting no better. Just go ahead and ship it. <laughs> I went ahead and shipped it, and people said, that was pretty good. My first, my first episode was, what does say yes to you mean to me? Mm. And what that means to me is, we all need to prioritize our mind, our body, our soul, and our spirit. It's kind of like putting on your oxygen mask on an airplane yep. so that you can then give oxygen to others. If you're running on E, uh-oh, how are you going to serve anyone else? And from there, I just continued with positive topics. Um, um, uh, what's his name? Russell Wilson. He talks about the why not you. That's right. Why not you? For those that are noodling right now, I want to start that business. I want to start that food truck. I want to go ahead and pursue my dream job. I'm here to tell you right now, why not you? That's right. Couple last questions for me. I could talk to you literally all day. Like I, I mean, I know you got a full calendar. Like I, li I literally could talk to you all day. One of the things that we're doing at the diversity movement, and we're looking at diversity, equity, inclusion, but we're working very diligently to link DEI to the business outcomes of the organization. There are folks that are focused in the social justice lane. There are folks that are uh, focused in the racial equity lane exclusively. We're focused on building a better workplace. We encompass all those things. But I want to dial down because we're starting to look at DEI from the lens of the CMO, how to build a better and more inclusive brand strategy, how to look at it from the lens of the CFO and link DEI to financial metrics. Talk to me from your point of view as a sales expert about how diversity, equity, inclusion helps you build a better sales presence, a better sales team, and ultimately win more business. The, the numbers don't lie, Donald. And I'll be honest, I don't have the stats but I've seen it from working with organizations that truly embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion versus checking the box. When you check the box, people can smell BS. They can tell whether you're genuine and you care about it or whether you're just checking the box. You might be able to fool some people in the short run, but in the long run, you're going to be exposed. Those organizations that truly care truly are making efforts and taking action versus just blah, 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 blah. Let's go ahead and put a black box on our Instagram. What's that going to do? <laughs> right. What's that going to do? But from an employee perspective, from a prospect, from a client perspective, they're being intentional and they're being thoughtful and mindful and really focused on how can we make this better for everyone? The results are off the chain because if you think about it, it starts with your employees. Yep. Are your employees engaged? Do your employees believe the organization has my back and has my best interests? From the employees, it's kind of like droplets. It spreads to your prospects and to your clients. Well, when your prospects and your clients feel cared for, now the shareholders, they get to reap the benefits of it and the business benefits from it as well. The data doesn't lie. I don't know the exact stats, but I know that the numbers have shown that more diverse, more inclusive organizations perform at a better rate. Now, knowing that, you would think that pretty smart people would say, you know what, we need to get hip to the game. Unfortunately, history and just the way that we've always done it can sometimes be so strong, getting people to change, getting people to really believe what they're seeing with the data, that, that can sometimes be a challenge. Yeah. One of the things I've learned and that we're super focused on is when you think about from a sales standpoint, you think about a $5 million quota carrying sales professional. Me as a sales leader, 
why would I want to lose that candidate? Because I wasn't using inclusive language on the interview. Because I didn't have a diverse interview team, right, selecting and working with that candidate. We're finding that 70% of candidates look at diversity, equity, inclusion numbers of the company before they represent them. And so that data speaks to the fact, just what you're saying kind of anecdotally, that people are paying attention, right, to how they're being cared for and do they really feel like they would belong in that organization. And so I appreciate those comments very much. Last question for me, my friend. You have built from the ground up a personal brand. And there's a lot of folks that listen to you that are cheering for you that have goals and dreams that they need that nudge to pursue. What are some of the things or pieces of advice you would give when somebody's thinking about writing that book, becoming a speaker, and building that personal brand, even if it's just to help halo effect for the business that they're in? What are some of the advice points that you'd give? Yeah, I'm going to go with the ABCs. Number, uh, not number, letter A, you got to take action. You got to take action. If you're on the sideline, if you're not in the conversation, if you're not in the mix, <laughs> you're going to be left out. And I encourage you to find an accountability partner, someone that you can cheer on and someone that can cheer you on. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> B, I'm not a huge Journey fan, but I love their song. Don't stop believing. Do you believe in your heart? Do you believe in your mind? In your mind, does it come across in your words that you believe that you have you have a story to tell? Yep. That you have something of value. Everyone out there has something of value to tell. But if you don't believe it, that story probably isn't going to come across. And then, see, I'm going to quadruple click. You got to be courageous. I think Kevin Hart, one of my favorite comedians, says it best: "Say it with your chest." <laughs> you got to be confident. You have to care. It's, it's the give a damn factor. Pardon my French. Parlez-vous Francais. <laughs> and most importantly with C is, are you committed? That's right. When you're committed to something, your actions, it's kind of like my mom used to say, your actions speak so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. You move in a different manner. You do things differently when you're truly committed versus when you're dabbling. And I'll give you a bonus. The D is dream. Everyone out there, I encourage you to dream and dream big because that's where it starts. That's right. But then you got to go back to the action. That is perfect. I mean, I I got to tell you, I've enjoyed spending time with you and sharing space with you. My energy is up. My battery is charged. I, I know that folks in our audience are getting a lot from this. How do people get in touch with you? How can they buy the book? How can they book you as a speaker, right? If they're hearing this and they're like, I need to hear more, right, of Larry Long Jr., how did they do that? I'm um, so appreciative. So best way to find me is on LinkedIn, Larry Long Jr. I got the smile for a ma. I got the golden <laughs> microphone. Uh, you can also check me out on my website, Larry Long Jr. That's jr.com, larrylongjr.com. I would love the opportunity to serve you, to serve your organization, and really bring serious value, quantifiable value, because sometimes people say energy is, it's a soft skill. Well, hey, uh, forget what you heard. The soft skill is really the hard skill and it translates into the bottom line. It has an impact on your revenues and on your organization's production, whether you know it or not, that's what I'm here to do. So happy to, happy to help and happy to serve. I'll let that be the final word. DT over and out. Larry Long Jr., thanks for being with us. This has been a blast. Thank you.